Just leave on blue, clear, take off, left hand. Take off, left, it is one. Middle hand, slim west, copy. Hello and welcome to the Blue Skies Podcast. I'm PR Ganapati, your host. Continuing from last week's episode on A.B. Devaya, today we venture into the realm of fiction. And uh, today I'm going to read an article that was written by Air Marshal Harish Masand when he was in the same squadron, One Squadron Air Force, titled A Little Known Display of Courage in One Squadron Air Force. What is courage? Could one define it as a complete lack of fear? According to Chambers' dictionary, it is that quality which enables men to meet danger without giving way to fear. The implication of the definition would be that fear of the known as well as unknown is inherent in human beings. Some suppress it better than others do. It would be difficult, if not impossible, to find someone who is absolutely without fear in the face of known danger. But all of us have met many who have almost full control over their fears. Such people are willing to take risks in the face of danger for a cause thus inspiring confidence amongst their colleagues and subordinates. Courage is an essential quality for leadership at all levels, particularly so far as commanders of the armed forces and operational areas are concerned. In fact, even in peace and during training, this quality must be evident to ensure the right selection of wartime commanders. All those who have actually gone through operations know that in the heat of the battle, One is so busy that there is no time to think of dangers and ponder over the consequences of one's action. However, should fear become predominant despite initial efforts to overcome it, one may well become incapable of the simplest actions. Such cases have been known to occur, say in periods of intense artillery shelling in a land battle. In the case of aerial combat, things generally happen so fast and one is so occupied with the business of getting the better of the adversary that there is no time for any other thought on personal considerations to prevail. It is generally when one is safely ensconced in the security of an underground shelter of an airbase that fear rears its ugly head once again. The word courage is therefore used in an overall sense and implies a degree of premeditation in the face of known risks. A man who undertakes to bomb a very heavily defended target against great odds, or a fighter pilot who engages in close aerial combat, discarding an option to get away even when sure of making a safe getaway for the sake of a comrade, has courage. Somehow this part 
of the article on courage by H. E. Marshall Arjun Singh that I read in the evening kept lingering in my mind even when it was time to shut eye. Having just compiled the history of the tigers, the names of the early pioneers and their acts of courage were still fresh in my mind. Jumbo Majumdar, Baba Meher Singh, Aspi Engineer and Arjan Singh, who became legends even in their own time with their indomitable spirit, courage and example. The traditions they laid down and the glory they brought the tigers was emulated in each subsequent operation with acts and feats that were recognized and commended, adding to the legend of the tigers. Typical, however, of all fast-moving battles, some were not to be known till. 7th September 1965 The day dawned with an air of charged excitement. The tigers were itching to go once again to the kill, but had been on a sort of leash till then. Little wonder that an air raid warning failed to deter us from leaping to pounce at the enemy. I had been in the den of tigers for only a few days, hastily recalled to join the bunch with the clouds of war gathering on the western horizon. Well before sunrise, we were in the briefing room and we were given the good news. The target was Sargodha, the so-called impregnable fortress of the enemy, with F-104 starfighters, sabers and Akak in plenty. What more could the tigers ask for but a chance to get at the juggler of the enemy? Omi, the boss, nominated me as a standby for his foursome called me aside and said, Now, Tubby, take it easy and don't muck in unless one of us four falls out. We'll leave something for you in Sargoda. He winked after that, and I knew I could be a welcome fifth if I wanted to be. Well, I wasn't going to sit around and land that mystia with bombs on. Suddenly, the air raid warning came on. The enemy was trying to preempt us and that only got us growling more than ever. The lights went out, but we managed the rest of the briefing with flashlights. Takeoff was planned for 0520 and when we got to the aircraft it was still dark. The lights were out and the air raid siren was still going on. The typical starting whine of a mystery engine told me it was still all go. A few minutes later, I was hurtling down the runway to set up the standby orbit, looking for Omi, Frisky, Paddy and Shri. In the dark, I must have missed them, but I tagged along with Danny and his gang, hoping I would pick them up as the light conditions improved. Heading westward at 200 or 300 feet, the near darkness of the pre-dawn inkiness, I positioned myself to the right and behind Danny's foursome. Brahms, J.P., and Dange must have seen me trailing, but not a word said on the RT. Despite the silence, I could almost feel the others smiling at me. The fifth mystere not really catered for in the formation, but welcome all the same, as every bit of weapon load on Sargoda would help. A few minutes later, we were coming up on the border, and Danny brought the formation down to treetop level, 
to avoid being picked up by enemy radar. We were screaming along the flat plains of Punjab at 420 knots, the ground still wrapped in the sleepy darkness of the early morning mist. The tigers were on their way in earnest. The sky was beginning to light up now with the twilight and all eyes were peeled and moving around to look for the well-memorized silhouettes of enemy bouncers. The arty crackled into life. And on came Omi's cool, precise voice. There are some sabres and starfighters parked on 3-2 ORP. You'd see them on your left pulling out of the dive. Almost at the same time, I saw numerous orange balls of Akak arcing up well ahead and slightly to the left of our noses, disclosing the location of Sargoda. We were right on track. The lead formation with Omi at the helm was probably on its way home by now and I knew I'd never catch up with them now. No matter. My palms were slightly damp with the anticipation of the next few minutes. Holding the stick with the left hand, I patted my gloved right hand on my thigh to dry it slightly. Switches, live. Gun sight selected correctly. Trigger to unsafe and I was ready. Just then, Danny called, pulling up left, target, 10 o'clock. The fireballs shooting up to meet us were thicker than ever now. One by one, we all pressed into the attack, with me at the tail. I could barely make out the runway and taxi track in the twilight, and the smoke from the explosions of the preceding attacks didn't help any. Check tail clear, search for the target, and suddenly I picked up a couple of sabers on the apron left of the runway, probably refueling. Sight on the target, check range, spec correct, bombs gone. Pulling out of the dive, I flicked the switch selection to guns and strafed the ORP pens on the other end. And the trees hid everything else. Turn left to catch up with the rest. Thump! I knew I was hit. It was a wonder that with so many fireballs shooting across our path, only one had hit me. The aircraft still kept flying. I checked around to assess the extent of damage I had suffered. Fuel and hydraulics seemed okay. Jen had gone dead. I pressed the RT button to let the others know. But not a squeak. The electricals had obviously gone. No sweat. As long as this sweet bird kept flying, I'd get home. The rest of the formation was ahead of me about 3,000 or 4,000 yards and slightly left. Look around. No one on our tails. Suddenly, the familiar dart shape of th with thin silver wings stood out against the eastern sky on my right two o'clock, slightly high in a right turn with its belly towards me. Press the arty button to warn my mates for whom the starfighter was obviously heading. But I plumb forgot that the arty was dead and there was no way I could tell them of this menace. Look around, behind and above. Didn't see anyone. Though where there is one, there must be another. No choice but full power on, climbing right turn, a quick reversal left, and my gun sight is framing the unwary starfighter. Index figure on the trigger, slightly out of range, but squeeze all the same before he fires on any of my formation members. 
My mystery rocks violently and flips on its back almost out of control with smoke all over the cockpit. And I know the enemy was not alone. I reach for the ejection seat handle, but I already know it's too late. I wake up with a start, look at the bedside clock and realize I would have to rush if I am to make the Met briefing on time. It's another day with its usual chores, moments of excitement and despair, but the dream lingers on. Was it just another dream or a little-known episode of the traditional courage of the tigers? Well, folks, that's all we have time for this week. Join us again next week. In the meantime, sign up for updates at blueskiespodcast.com. There you'll find links to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can also write to us with your comments, questions, suggestions and feedback from the website or to blueskies at prganapati.com. Subscribe to the podcast on any podcasting platform such as Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and even on YouTube. If you like what you heard, share it with your friends, give us a rating in your favorite podcasting app and write us a review. It will help other people find us. I want to give my thanks to Saurav Chaudhia for our logo and Prithvik for the music. I want to reiterate that all the views expressed here are personal and this podcast has not been approved by or reviewed by the Air Force, Ministry of Defense or any branch of the government. In the meantime, stay safe and Jai Hind.